your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Thursday of coming up on the show. Chris Haskell, the chair of the Voter Service Committee with the League of Women Voters of the Lacrosse Area, is going to join me at the bottom half of the hour and talk about a cool initiative that they have with a couple of pretty famous people in lacrosse. Uh, young, very young, not very young, I guess pretty young people, but they're extremely famous. And when it comes to their industry, they're at the top of their industry in the world. So these two people in the League of Women Voters has hooked up with them to kind of essentially get people to come out and vote, right? Like come out, increase voter turnout, which we're doing we're doing better at, I think. Uh, I think the last election was a pretty obvious case of that. And coming up this election, I, you know, midterm election, not always the greatest turnout, but with, and we'll talk about this with, with some of the things that are on the ballot and, and the way politics has grown since probably, I guess I would say since Donald Trump first ran for president, I think that got everything started. So thank you, Donald Trump, for increasing voter turnout ridiculously. One of the greatest things he's ever done. 608-785-7914. I did get a text of a story that's on the uh, the Wisconsin Examiner website about Democrats overlooking rural areas in Wisconsin. I might get into that a little bit. Just the uh, there's no real there's no real details here about how that happens, and I, I just they'll, they'll like perpetuating. I, I take offense to this sometimes because I live in rural Wisconsin. I grew up in rural Wisconsin. And, uh, I don't live in where, rural Wisconsin now. I grew up in rural Wisconsin my whole life, and then I live in rural Minnesota. So the I- idea that uh, one somebody is 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 neglecting me, a political party is neglecting me. Anyway, I'm going to take a break. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk text line. I'm Rick Solom. Good time to get in here if you want to get in here. If you want to, if you want to text in, like this texter did, uh, saying uh, that you're a putz. Y O U R a putz. That was the text I just received. Uh, it's it's Y O U apostrophe R E, buddy. But I read your text. There you go. A big call to putz. I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep going with the show. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about, and we can get into the the homeless thing as well. I wasn't able to. Do, to dive into that too much. If you have a few comments on, you know, what Mayor Mitch Reynolds had a news conference yesterday morning at City Hall on the plan, or maybe you could call it lack thereof of a plan for those people living at Huska Park or being forced to, being forced on, or on the streets, I should say, living on the streets, essentially, or in the park. They, they won't be able to do that at the end of next month. And it's already cold. I think I think there was a frost last night. So just think about the idea of uh, being outside, living in a tent uh, last night, even. So as this month, next month proceeds, it's only going to get worse. So we got to figure out a plan for those people. And the plan right now is to use anything and everything to get them inside, but not not do the thing we did last year in using the motel on the north side. Which was pricey. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty expensive. the The idea that we put. I think we spent initially the initial. Then we we added another two hundred grand. But I think there was probably about a hundred homeless people, and we. I want to say we spent about seven hundred thousand dollars 
on those 100 homeless people to stay in the motel. But I could be, the numbers could be off a little bit, but it seems like a lot of money. Also, like, that's almost rent money for, for those people that could give that, that if you, if you, you know, rent's, rent's always increasing, but you could, you could do, do something where you just rented a room and used ARPA money instead of individual motel rooms, like, like a basic, but, the, but that's the problem is we don't have affordable housing here. We don't have affordable rentals. We don't have enough of them. So I think uh, even college students or people moving to the area to work are probably having trouble, A, finding a house that is affordable. And now interest rates are going crazy, right? What are interest rates now? Because mine's, for my house, it's it's under 3%. I, I refinance it a couple of times. Um, but but I, I think it's, it's, it's ever growing. I haven't really looked. Uh, mortgage interest rates. I saw a meme that said seven, but I don't know if that's accurate. You gotta, you can't just believe the memes, right? Yeah, they are. They're like seven, 30 years, 7.4%. So a little ridiculous for those. I, I don't understand how we bet combat inflation by making it harder for people to buy houses. I don't understand that. Because who's, who's, who are the people affected by making it harder to buy a house? Middle class people, poor people. Those are the people that are being affected. Rich people don't care what the mortgage rate is. They don't, I mean, some people, some rich people do because they're very meticulous penny pitchers. You know, so there, are, there is that category of rich people. But they don't care about the mortgage rate. They want to buy a house. They're going to buy a house. They don't, they don't have to think about it. All right, we got to take a break. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Chris Haskell's on with me. She's the chair of the Voter Service Committee with the League of Women Voters from the, of the Lacrosse area. The, the whole point of having Chris on, and Chris has been with the League of Women Voters of the Lacrosse area since 2018. But the, the the entire one of the points I had you on is this cool initiative. And Chris, I didn't I didn't tell them exactly. I just said you have a campaign with two local people in Lacrosse that are at the top of their industry. This is the, the the top in the world. These two guys are there. They're right in the mix for the top of their industry. Uh, do you want to explain this a little bit? Yeah, thanks, Rick. That was a great setup. So we have been very fortunate uh, to work with uh, Johnny and Jordan Davis, who, as Rick said, are um, pretty hot in the basketball arena. Yeah, I'll just... Uh, and have, have many, many, many fans in, uh, in the look the Wisconsin area. Yeah, I'll just say Jordan Davis, Johnny Davis just got drafted into the NBA. He was the number nine pick. To be a top 10 pick in the NBA is insane. Like that is is the is as best as you can be. He's a Washington Nash, uh, Washington Wizards. I was going to say Bullets. Washington Wizards, he plays for them. And uh, their season's going to start in about a, nah, not even a couple weeks here. And then his brother, his twin brother, Jordan Davis, uh, a shooting guard for the Wisconsin Badgers. So the top two things in the NBA, those two guys are doing it. Right, right. I thought Johnny was the number 10 pick. But anyway, he was up there. So it's very exciting. And people probably also saw the Taco Bell commercial that that Johnny did. Yeah, so, you're, you're right. He um, was the number 10 pick. Chris Haskell, breaking news for me, because I'm supposed to be the NBA junkie here, and you're correcting me. <laughs> Fake news, Rick Solom telling everybody that Johnny Davis was the number nine pick. Anyway, how did this get started? How do you guys come up with, you get these two guys in lacrosse to help you with a, a turn, essentially like a turnout to vote campaign, right? Right, right. And I know people don't probably always associate Johnny and Jordan and the League of Women Voters, but we actually first worked with Johnny and Jordan when they were in high school. We approached the um, 
young femme club at Central High School and asked them if they wanted to do some voting stuff. And we took in a video of a bunch of people like me, so old people, um, <laughs> encouraging them to vote. And they said, well, why don't, why don't you do a video that has, like, kids our age talking about voting? That would be more impactful. So, Wait, who um, told you they, this? Who told you to do this? It's the FEM Club, the Young Feminist Club at Central High School. Okay, so high school kids. Yeah, high school kids said, hey, why don't you have high school kids? <laughs> yeah, this is a, a, bri- a brilliant plan by them because obviously, like, they, no offense, Chris, but uh, you telling high school kids or kids that are just turning 18 to get out to vote, they're going to be like, man, who's this old lady? Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> exactly. They, they, were, they were right, and we've used that video since. We do programs in all the area high schools, and we've used it since, and it's uh, – it was a great idea. So anyway, uh, they got 10 students together, two of whom were Johnny and Jordan. Um, and we went into Central High School and filmed, and all the students talked about voting. Johnny and Jordan were um, just short of being 18. I remember because they said, well, we can't vote now, but in a few days we'll be 18, and then we're going to register and um so we did that video with them, and even when we show it now, you can hear the murmur in the high school classes when Johnny and Jordan come on and talk about voting. So <laughs> we think it's been pretty effective. Um, so anyway, we did some still shots with that campaign, and we wanted to use them again um, more recently in the spring campaign and our so excuse me for the spring election on our social media. So I contacted their coach, Coach Fergus at Central, and just said, hey, you know, NBA, NCAA, what, uh, can we still use their images? Um, and he said, well, I'll, I'll email them and, and get back to you. And within 24 hours, he got back to me and said, yeah, they both said that, that's fine. They're all for it. Um, so there was that. And then this summer, I got an email from Coach Fergus and his daughter, Allison, who said, um, you know, we were thinking about that great video you guys did when Johnny and Jordan were seniors, and wouldn't it be great if they wanted to do something now that they're more of a state and a national presence? Oh, and, and they so can vote. Thought, <laughs> don't go ahead. Sorry. No, they're, they're, they're that presence, and also they can vote now. Right, yeah. They're not short of being 18 anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've got to, And just think of how their lives is have changed since we were sitting in the Central High LNC. But anyway, um, Coach Fergus said, so I contacted them, and, and they said, yes, they'd be happy to do something about voting. So, Yeah, so you guys, you, and then you guys, essentially, you, you, you had a little photo shoot, it looks like, at the Central High School gym. Um, but, but how do you get those two guys pretty busy? How did you get, was it easy to get corral them uh, to, to do this? Well, it not that they weren't willing, but just that their schedules are so. But but we did finally find a Saturday this summer. Uh, we went into the Hackett Gym at Central. Um, Johnny was leaving for Washington, D.C. the next day to start his thing with the Wizards. NBA um, career, NBA career. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, that's not a thing? Okay. <laughs> to start his NBA career. Yeah, that's it's kind of big. It's kind of a big deal. 
yeah, yeah, I agree. It's a big deal. Um, that's the reason we wanted him to be in this campaign. Uh, anyway, and Jordan uh, drove back to La Crosse. He was moving into a new apartment in Madison, drove back to La Crosse, and then said, oh, oh, near the end of our shoot, okay, i got to go. I'm driving back to Madison. <laughs> so um, they really made an effort to be here and, and do this with us. Yeah, do they did they talk at all, or do did you guys talk to them about about the the importance they feel, uh, and maybe you as well? Like, what's your opinion here? Just the idea that like it doesn't work when we have older people tell young people to vote, but it definitely will work when young people are like, hey. Uh, and I think we've seen I've, I think we've seen voter turnout among young people kind of gaining steam, and I think that social media has has to play a lot of that role. But the these two kids, these two, they're not kids anymore. But these two, they they're kids to to all of us, right? Because we we grew up yeah, watching right, them. Right, right, um, but forever. these two guys, uh, the importance just of you know the eighteen to what twenty two, twenty three year old crowd voting. Yeah, those first years when you're eligible to vote, um, lots of times that that ranks as the uh, in the lowest percentage of people who are actually registered and vote. So. Um, exactly, and and we we did a um, a study um, and participated in a statewide study of what the most effective ways of getting out the vote. Um, part of which was that when people see that other people vote, well, then they think, oh, so for example, oh wait, Johnny and Jordan vote; they're interested in voting. Oh, well, maybe I should vote too maybe i should be thinking about voting so so we knew that there was a um a real basis in research for this working yeah the uh, is there are there other ways to just get young people to be interested in i guess in politics right to the point where they're voting uh, you know, not just blindly voting. I need to vote to vote, but like I need to vote because this these issues are affecting me. Chris, when I was eighteen, I didn't know anything about voting, and, and you know, it wasn't until a long time later I was like, oh, there's there's not just a presidential election to vote for. There's actually right. mayor's race and city council and county board, and uh, it go the list goes on and on. But like these things, I don't think I would say a lot of people don't even realize this stuff, and they're not listening to the show if they do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right, exactly. When we go out and do presentations, what we actually usually start with is not saying we have to vote. You need, what we usually start with is, um, well, what do you care about in life? What, what's important to you? And, and then we listen to what they say, which will usually be things like, uh, well, my family is important. Um, you know, good housing is important, medical care, whatever the range is. Um, and then we talk about, well, you know who determines a lot of how that's going to play out for you? President you Joe Biden. Vote. No? <laughs> no, just kidding. You, um, didn't, you didn't get my joke there. Never mind. I didn't. I'm sorry. Run it by me again. Oh, you're saying like all these things that are very important to you. Who who determines these things? I'm mean, like the president, right? No, the president doesn't at all. I think you're getting at the, the local elections are the most important thing. Right. Right, right. Well, and, and and even sometimes the national. I mean, you talk to university students and you say, you know, well, do you, do you care about Pell Grants? Do you do you care if UWL gets a, a another 
upgraded building? Do you care about this or that? Some of that's national, some of it's state, and some of it's local. It just depends on what the issue is that you're talking about. So, um, But you're right. Don't just vote in the presidential election is, is sometimes a, a, a tough message. Yeah, I think people get their ballot and they're like, okay, president, I know that one. And then you look at the rest of the ballot and you're like, oh, okay, I don't know. How has voter turnout been since, uh, you know, like I said earlier in the show, I think Donald Trump was very, uh, very instrumental in helping with voter turnout and people getting into politics. And I thanked him for that. Thank you, Donald Trump, for getting people into politics back in 2016 when he was first running for president. And I think it's only snowballed since then. I, uh, I said just a couple minutes ago, social media is playing an important role, I think, good and bad. I think uh, important it, it might be the wrong word there, but it is playing a role in getting people more knowledgeable about politics, whether that knowledge is 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 you know, fact-based or not is sometimes up for debate, but yeah. How is, how, how do you feel voter turnout is, is going? Um, well, as you said in your introduction, we're um, very much a nonpartisan organization. So I'm not going to comment on some of the things that um, you just said, but I will say that I think locally, I'll talk about La Crosse County. I think the work that the league's done in collaboration with lots of other people in this community that are interested in voting, um, we have a pretty good percentage turnout uh, in in La Crosse County. Oh, you think so? I, like, I you know, what do we have? The mayor's race a couple years ago was like 30%. I feel like that's not enough, Chris. Well, it depends on the election. So the, the election we're going into November 8th, mm-hmm. um, the fall general election, and not not when there's a president, but just the fall elections, we generally run in the mid-80%, so 85 86% um, of registered voters. But the trick is there, when you see those numbers, you're always seeing the percent of registered voters. And so um, that's actually part of what we were trying to affect in our latest campaign, is what about all those people that aren't registered so I think there's lots of reasons that people vote, and I agree with you that social media and things that happen in politics can encourage people to vote. I think that's true. Yeah, definitely. That's Chris Haskell. She is the, she is the chair of the Voter Service Committee with the League of Women Voters of the La Crosse area. Chris, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you, Rick. All right, we'll be back after this. All right, I'm just going to wrap up here. Thank you again to Chris Haskell joining me, League of Women Voters. Also to you, all you all calling and texting. I did get a couple of texts that I hadn't gotten to you in terms of uh, some of the stuff we were talking about with the Mayor of Across, Mitch Reynolds, news conference yesterday. I guess kind of pleading with uh, property owners that if they have the ability to house someone a family that is unsheltered right now to do so while we also look to some of the buildings around the city uh to get uh unsheltered in after next month uh somebody texted in all we seem to have in the city is affordable and low-income housing or at least what our quote-unquote wonderful mayor mayor seems to want that was one text kind of Two different thoughts there. So all we seem to have in the city is affordable and low-income housing. I would say that's laughable. (laughs) 
but that's what the mayor wants. Affordable and low-income housing. Yeah, we definitely want more housing for people that are low-income, and we want that housing to be affordable. Kevin Texan, I've said it before, but we'll say it again. The best use of the homeless funds is to give it to the Salvation Army. They have rules and are usually limited to bed spa- by bed space. Did the Econologic experiment work? Ask the La Crosse Police Department how many calls they got. Yeah, give it, give it all to one entity and let them handle the entire homeless situation. I guess give it to all the Salvation Army. There's so many other groups working. And if you make a, if you if you remember that the YWCA, the Cooley Cap, Charity, Catholic Charities, and the city now, all tackling the the homeless situation in the cross. Anyway, that's all the time I have for tonight. We'll do it again tomorrow.